Welcome to the Ideas Show, the podcast about ideas that change the world and the people that make them happen. Over the course of this series, we will speak to some of the world's most esteemed listening leaders, we'll delve into the process of how ideas happen, and we will share stories of some of the most innovative ideas in history. This episode is part of our Listening Leader series, hosted by CEO and founder of Sideway 6, Will Reed. Welcome. On today's episode, we're joined by Leo Quinn, CEO at Balfour BT. Leo's deployed a leadership style that encourages employees throughout the business to share their ideas through Balfour BT's internal crowdsourcing mechanism, My Contribution, which has uncovered innovative ideas from across the company and it's helped to develop a more empowered and engaged workforce. On today's show, Leo takes us through his career, his origins as a leader, how he thinks about leadership and the success of My Contribution and how that's come to be. Enjoy the show. So, Leo, welcome to the Ideas Show and to our Listening Leaders series. So excited to have you here. Now, we start all of our interviews with three quickfire questions, and this will be no different. So, you are now the CEO of Balfour BT, but what did you want to be when you were younger? Good question. Um, I'm not sure I actually knew what I wanted to be when I was younger. I know I grew up in a family whereby my father was a, a builder and a decorator, and I had unique exposure to being out on site and working and uh, uh, delivering, uh, how do you say, the painting of a building or the uh, building of an extension. So in effect, I think uniquely that geared me towards some form of construction infrastructure. Uh, And I think a lot of people are influenced by what their parents or family do. And so I, I think it became quite natural to go from building into civil engineering and uh, and I graduated with a degree in civil engineering. Awesome. So it's uh, in your blood from, from very early on. Um, and we're going to be talking a lot about ideas today. And I know you're a firm believer in the power of ideas. What is your favourite idea of all time? Well, I won't necessarily say favourite, but I'm inspired by such ideas and inventions as the Victorian sewage system or the Clifton suspension bridge. If you think of just the problems they solve in terms of allowing and affording urbanization and how they allow communities to build and grow safely and securely, um, they're incredible. And if you think back at that time that someone had the vision and capacity to deliver those sorts of things and they're still around today, functioning to the same degree. I think it's, 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 they're truly amazing inventions. Now, of course, everybody could talk about the iPhone and the internet, and it's all very current and very easy to do. But if you look back at those cornerstones that underpin society, the fact that we can get fresh water, the fact that you've got electricity on tap, those are real game changers. And of course, you can't invent the internet or the iPhone unless you have those basics, water, electricity, uh, a warm, comfortable environment and an access via bridges and, and roads. So uh, I think I'm very much back to those old Victorian inventions which have served our society so well. Absolutely, absolutely. The um, Clifton Suspension Bridge is phenomenal. And I, I, I was down in Bristol earlier this year and that thing 
moves in the wind. I don't know if you've experienced that, but uh, bouncing so up and down on the Crifton suspension bridge, holding on to everything, uh, it's, and it's 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 stood the test of time, obviously. Um, and then finally, on our quick fire round, what is one generally agreed upon rule or conventional piece of wisdom that you disagree with? Rather than sort of say what I disagree with, let us talk about what I hold true and, and I believe works for everybody. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's simply the fact that hard work um, pays off. And the expression, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get, I think to be very true. And I think perspiration far outweighs inspiration. Um, you You get nothing in this life unless you actually put your shoulder behind it and you put a lot of time and effort and it will pay off eventually. So sometimes it's a, a long horizon, but if you put the effort in, you'll find that you get the benefits in time. So let's go on to leadership and listening leadership. So you started your career as a civil engineer for Balfour Beatty in 1979. How do you think that this experience and your other early experiences shaped your approach now as a CEO? It's a really important question because I do believe that that early experience is fundamental to the way I think and work today. Um, it's very interesting. I think that I work in one of the best industries on the planet. You know, within Balfour Beatty, we sort of paint skylines and uh, we connect communities. But more important than those physical things is what we do around leadership. And as an industry, what we do is we actually train and develop what I think are some of the best early leaders that you'll find anywhere in, uh, in the country. And my early uh, site experience where um, I'd left university, I went on to a bridge, I also went on to a very, very large warehouse. That actually shaped me as a leader because all of a sudden I was the only person on that job and was fully responsible for all of the engineering. And really, you sink or swim. And I think what we do is we give young people really big responsibilities very, very early, and we test and we challenge them. And I think that strength of leadership and that growth that you see in those early years is, is important. And to me, it's been fundamental in terms of my personal development and, and how I think and work as a CEO today. And of course, you know, I joined or rejoined Balfour Beatty after some 38 years of being away from Balfour Beatty, but I still relate back to those experiences that I had in my early years and they do inform how I make decisions. And of course, I know how buildings and bridges get constructed. I know how programs run. I know what costings are. All of those things feed into one's ability to make good decisions, which ultimately uh, add value to the, to the business and uh, create a, uh, a company that will be here in the next hundred years. Brilliant. So it's, a, it's helped not only shape your approach to leadership, but then those experiences also helping you to shape the next generation of, of leaders, um, which is great to hear. Now, we've been thinking a lot around listening leadership and listening leaders. So those CEOs and C-level leaders who put listening to employees' ideas and insight and um, feedback at the heart of the way that they lead a business. We, we firmly believe you are a listening leader. Um, do you think that listening is important to your leadership style? And if so, uh, why and how is it important? Yeah, look, um, 
my opinion is as a CEO, you start with a blank, a blank canvas. It's not a case that you come along and you join a company and everything is new, but effectively the canvas is there for you to paint. And what you do is you start with a company and you start to see things in it and you put those on your canvas and then you might join them up with some colors. But ultimately what you're trying to do is, is paint a picture of what the future will look like and how it works. You have your own ideas, but invariably you have to have a sounding board. You 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 talk to people, your 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 board, your peers, uh, your competition, your your senior managers, and your employees. And the area that I find richest is as you walk around the organisation and you meet people on jobs doing work, and you talk to them about a day in their life and what things are on their mind. That's really informative, and that's part of the the color palette that you use to paint that that canvas, and in order to determine the future of the company. So, you know, no man uh, or woman is an island. It's really a case of you take lots of inputs and you synthesize those into a a future direction, uh, and that direction will will determine the success or future of the company over time. And I can assure you that everybody's input's important particularly those employees at the grassroots because they're the people that are actually doing the work and they're the people that will be the next generation that will leave the company. I, I completely agree and is that something that you've always held dear as you've as you've gone throughout your career or uh, so was that something that you held true at Kinetic and Delarue or is this something that's been shaped um, over your career as a, as a CEO? Look, I think the part of the foundation is there's always been a large element of, of wanting to consult and to listen. I think as you become more mature and more experienced, you start to look at it and take it in, in different proportions. So you can have what I would describe as the formal and the informal network. Um, and over time, you've gravitated more towards a more formal structure and I'll talk about that later when we talk about my contribution mm. but very early on you do things very informally um, but I found now today I've structured uh, or I've gravitated more towards a more structured approach in terms of, in terms of getting inputs and I, and I think again it's not that you ignore the informal but it's getting the right mix and blend because ultimately you want to make the right decision. And now for a short break as we look at an idea that's changed the world. In this episode, we're looking at one of the products of Nestle's ingenious entrepreneurs campaign with the help from David, a Nestle employee who saw his own idea implemented just eight weeks after he put it forwards. As part of Nestle's ingenious entrepreneurs campaign, employees from across the business are encouraged to share their thoughts and ideas. One such employee was David Costello, who came up with the idea for Nestle's fast and green offering and saw his idea brought to life. So the, the idea was really to bring our amazing espresso coffee to the doorstep of our customers and in less than just two hours and by bicycle. We knew that some of our customers were not very disciplined in ordering the coffee, meaning that they were actually ordering when they were already running out of stock, not having coffee at home. So this was really what pushed us to find a solution for them, a solution that was fast. David had noticed there was an issue with Nestle customers running out of Nespresso pods and having to wait before being able to restock. So 
By applying a mindset of thinking from the customer's point of view, David developed what he believed to be the perfect solution. Due to the highly promoted Internal Ideas Incubator, David knew exactly where he could go to share his idea. And before he knew it, development was underway. So the idea was initially uh, submitted in our Ingenious Incubator platform of ideas around September 2016. Then it got approved very quickly in December 2016. And then in just eight weeks, we were able basically to deliver the first Nespresso coffee order to our customers. David's idea is now in place and helping Nestle customers to restock their Nespresso capsules in under two hours without having any negative impact on the environment. For David, seeing his idea rise through the ranks and be implemented in such a short time has had a lasting impact. I found it extremely exciting to see how we were able really to give life to, to our thoughts, no? how we can really give birth to, to an idea from zero. Uh, at the end of the day, I believe this is what's uh, really behind overall the human being progress, generating new ideas, moving things. And I found it pretty cool to experience it so close in first hand. And I, I, it was very good to, because I felt I was trusted by the company. Uh, I felt it was completely empowered right? to bring really an idea uh, from the very beginning uh, till the end. It's great to see a company like Nestle continuing to innovate and unleash the entrepreneurial spirit of their employees. For any other budding entrepreneurs out there, we asked David for a piece of advice when thinking up ideas of your own. The main thing I want to say is make sure you really have a big enough why. Make sure that motivation is there, uh, that you dream about the idea, that you're completely in love with that. Because obviously you will find a lot of you know, difficulties in, in the road, but if you have a big enough really why, then you can find the how to get there. So I think that's for me that the main thing you need to have. Thanks David for sharing. What an awesome idea. To see one person's individual idea having such a big impact in a company as big as Nestle is really cool. Now, back to our conversation with Leo. So in my contribution as part of your Built to Last program, you have probably one of the most um, kind of successful and long-lasting employee ideas initiatives, certainly in the UK, if, if not um, full stop in, in the world. Uh, could you explain what my contribution is and and what you're looking for from employees and, and why you run my contribution yeah the the origin of, of my contribution really goes back to when i worked for invensus and run the uh, production management division um we then matured it when i was the ceo of delarue and uh, we built on that when i was running kinetic and now today we're rolling it out and running it within valphabeti but at the heart of it really is that, you know, rarely in organizations do you get really massive changes. But what you do get is you get lots of small changes. And the, the essence of my contribution was, is how do we get the whole organization all pointing in the same direction with every employee taking one small step? So when you get to the end of the, the year, you've got one very large change. And my contribution was really around the fact of getting people to understand that we value their know-how and input and we want to capitalize on it. Because as a CEO of a company, you see things through a certain lens, but you don't see things down at the grassroots at a detail level. And what we want to do is encourage and empower 
and build confidence in people so that they can put forward ideas which help change the way we do things and the way we work, the way we service customers, the way we care for our employees. And in order to build what I would call a more profitable, uh, richer, more caring company environment. I love it. And I think one of the interesting things for me about my contribution is that you very much are looking to empower employees uh, often or, or mostly to kind of bring their own ideas to life with a little bit of help and assistance from from others within the business. But it's certainly not something where an employee drops in a change that they that they want somebody else to make. So it is truly kind of empowering. And it's it's sort of, well, the names kind of sums it up. What's your contribution um, to where we're going rather than your almost like your suggestion for someone else's contribution yeah well what i was going to say there is um in respect of my contribution what we're looking to capitalize on is the fact that every employee is paid to add value and it's a, it's a basic economic fact if the value you add is less than what your cost is you don't really have a job um what we find is that employees several times over over exceed the, their their value because they're constantly doing their job but as well as doing their job we expect them to improve every day and to put forward ideas that improve the organization all the way from somebody on the loading bay all the way up to the the, the ceo and, and i'll share with you a very simple uh, analogy or, or story um one of our employees who was uh, effect- effectively a loader on one of our bays um was receiving 20-foot containers in from china these uh, container uh, contained effectively counters and these were loaded onto 10 pallets the pallets were rolled into the containers the door would close and they were shipped this employee looked at it and said if i remove the pallets and stack these counters floor to ceiling wall to wall i could increase the number of counters in the container by 40 percent he brought forward the idea he implemented it and we hence had a 40% productivity improvement. And it's it's things as simple as that, that I as a CEO would never see, but someone at, at that level is empowered to go on and do that and make those uh, improvements, which is really what my contribution is all about. And the fact is it, it, it engages people in 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 the, uh, the primary purpose uh, of the business, which is sort of to continue to make uh, returns, but really to perpetuate the enterprise over time. And um, those si- sorts of ideas uh, come through regularly. Do you have any other examples that you're particularly fond of? Yeah, yeah we, we recently launched uh, within uh, Alpha BT our Kudos Awards, where, uh, and this is really, really important because my contribution or any improvement scheme doesn't work unless you have the recognition and this recognition is, is is really important we have always in the past in non-covid times uh, run a leadership conference where the top one 200 leaders in the company all come together and we kick these off with the 10 best kudos my contribution uh, ideas where the people who originate the ideas present them in whatever form uh, they like back to the senior managers. Uh, one of the best examples is I remember uh, one of the presentations was actually using the format of who wants to be a millionaire and uh, how that resulted in the million pound prize being the uh, the idea. 
And what, what this recognition does is it gets people in the room to realize that it's almost an inversion of leadership. It's not the highest paid opinions, uh, the person's opinion in the room. It, it's actually the leadership that's happening on the stage. And, and what you're really seeing that the people that are driving the change and making the improvements and leading this company are in the grassroots of the company. They're not necessarily sitting around the top table. And our job as leaders is to create an environment to allow that to happen. So one of the most recent ideas is where our engineering teams have now standardized around standard routine uh, BIM models, where those models are replicatable across the whole organization and across some of our larger projects. And that will result in a 15 million pound productivity improvement this year alone. So the, the you know I could sit here for an hour and talk about different ideas, and that just shows you the richness, but also how important we think my contribution is to the success and and future success of the company. I love it, uh, and I think you've even put some ideas yourself. Is that something you encourage for 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 sea <laughs> level leaders to to put ideas in? And and what kind of ideas do you put in there? Look, ultimately, we all have to lead by example. Mine was a, a very simple one. Our, our office is located very close to Heathrow. And um, we used to have an awful lot of people flying and parking their cars. Well, we have a very large car park. And so the, the idea was simple is that, you know, if you're flying out of Heathrow Airport, you should use the company car park and get the bus to the terminal, which is only 10 minutes away, uh, and a seven pound uh, fare. That's a lot cheaper than parking your car in the short-term car park. So, and when that got implemented, I don't know, did you kind of shake hands with the mirror and present yourself a certificate? <laughs> no, we, uh, <laughs> I, I did it quietly because I wasn't quite sure what the reaction to it would be. I love it. Um, and obviously, we think my Caesar, incredible, my contribution is incredibly successful. I'm sure you agree. For you, what is the kind of um, uh, the yardstick by which you measure the success of my contribution? Is it the number of ideas that you're bringing to life? Is it the kind of cold hard ROI from those ideas? Is it the people you're reaching? Or is it more of that element that you were talking about around people starting to understand acting like owners and making sure they're contributing more value um, than they're taking out? Yeah, look, it's all of those things. The, there's no one exclusive element. But if you, if I was to tell you the thing I care about the most, and that is that what my contribution does is it, it treats everybody on a level playing field. So by getting employees to engage and come forward with ideas, what it does is it, it gets them to realize that people are listening to them. Going through the process of thinking the idea up, implementing it, builds up their personal communication and their skills. And what it ultimately does, by the time they stand on a stage and present it to the top 100 managers in the company, it builds enormous confidence. And the real ROI is not the idea itself, although in some cases it's very material. The real ROI is the fact, ROI is the fact that we've actually taken an individual and we've built out their skill set and their capability, and we're going to make them a stronger and better leader to, for the future. And it also gets them to see the power of recognition and a pat on the back or a hand on the shoulder helping them so that they adopt those same ideas and actually they have their shoulder on their hand on someone else's shoulder for the future so basically it's it's self-perpetuating and building a better 
culture and uh, environment within the company. And it, it, do you kind of see that? Do you see some of the people who are progressing quickly within the organization um, are those that are contributing to my contribution? There's no doubt in my mind that it has a material impact on people's um, altitude. Yeah. And one of my favorite sayings is that, you know, it's your attitude determines your altitude. And if for no other reason, it's the recognition. The fact of the matter is the guy on the loading bay where I talked about the story, you know, our worlds would never have collided except for the fact mm -hmm. that he came forward with this idea and the benefits warranted him sort of standing in front of the CEO and the senior managers and everybody knows who he is. So at the end of the day, you know, if you put your head down, work hard and do a really good job, will you get on with your career or will you get on in your career? And the answer is no, you won't, because if you're not recognized for the benefits and the value you add, you won't achieve your full potential. So making sure that you get rec recognized for the value you're adding is really important. And what my contribution does, it raises your profile. And by raising your profile, you start to get seen and considered for things and challenges in the company that you might not otherwise have been known or associated with. Brilliant. Thanks, Leah. And just finally, to, to wrap us up, a final question. What's one piece of advice that you would give to um, say aspiring leaders or those who are in similar positions to you within the realm of kind of listening and, and employee engagement and employee ideas? Um, look, at the end of the day, I think it's uh, not to be afraid of hierarchies and title. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you're a CEO, whether you're an engineer, whether you're a manager, we all come to work. We all put our trousers on the same way. Um, we can all add value in our respective ways. And, you know, it's a little bit like um, baseball. I mean, don't be afraid to swing the bat and have a try. You might not be successful on the first attempt or even the, the, the 100th attempt, but sooner or later you'll strike that ball and you'll hit a home run. So um, the, the, the crime or the shame is in not trying, um, not in trying and failing. Thanks very much, Leo, and thanks for taking us through your approach to leadership. Um, I think there's been some fantastic stuff in there and some fantastic learnings for everyone. Thank you very much. Very welcome. Thanks very much to Leo for joining us on this episode. It was great to hear not only about his leadership style, but also about my contribution, which I think is an amazing example of how small things, small improvements can add up to amazing results when everyone's kind of rowing in the same direction and engaged in a single purpose. Join us again next time.